Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with Him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. My greatest frustration with dating in our culture today is having standards that seem too high, unrealistic, or laughable to others simply because low standards or expectations have become the norm. People want to be together without actually being together. They want to be with you and everyone who shows up. I really don't know where this is going. It's exhausting. Someone may say that they're Catholic, but use it as a label instead of who they actually are. And the huge inability to hold a conversation past ha-ha or cool is nauseating. It can seem these days like both men and women expect, imagine, or envision their dating partner to be perfect. I think some men have given up on living virtuous lives and sacrificing vices for virtuous women. Some men don't value virtuous women. They can get their sexual needs met in so many other ways without any effort. The online dating world is just extremely sketchy. Anybody relate to that? And even though you don't want to be judgmental about someone, you are without getting to know them first. I was raised to be pure and not flirt or throw signals. You just wait on God. And if a man is interested, he'll let you know. But now I'm told that was wrong and that guys need you to give them encouraging signs that you're interested first, but nobody can explain the difference between flirting, which is supposedly bad, or an encouraging sign. In today's dating world, it is frustrating to be single when my desire for marriage and motherhood is so strong. I cannot tell you how many guys have mentioned sexual things within our first few conversations. The couple of men I've gone out with were so wishy-washy about what they want and not sure what they believe in. I've been considered intense because I know what I want and what's important to me. People think that clear communication and intentionality when initiating a relationship comes across as too strong. Sometimes it feels today like subtlety and manipulation are seen as more valuable. Not everyone is this way, but it is frustrating. The expectation and rush to date and get married is so frustrating as if that should be the foremost concern and pinnacle of young adulthood. Hook of culture has ruined everything. I asked young women and young men on social media about what their greatest frustrations in the dating culture are. Can you identify with any of those? Raise your hand if you can identify with one, okay? Raise your hand if you can identify with most of those. If you are here and you are frustrated about, it's not even a dumpster fire anymore, okay? There's not even a word for what a dumpster fire the dating culture is. With the breakdown of communication, the use that is so prevalent in our world as young people today. If you're sitting here and you're frustrated, you're not alone. If you're sitting here and you're tired of feeling like all anyone wants to do is use each other, you're not alone. If you are here and you are tired of watching people, your friends that you love so much allow themselves to be used or use other people, you're not alone. If you came here with your eyes wide open to finding the man or woman of your dreams, hopefully here, you're not alone, okay? It can be so difficult because on our college campuses today, there's a huge lack of virtuous men and women, amen? So when you come here and there's this concentrated group, like you're this young woman, you're like, oh, these attractive men who love the Lord, I think I'm going to faint. 
point. It's such a natural and normal thing to be here and be like, oh my gosh, like this is a lot for my heart. When it comes to like dating and looking at marriage and and what vocation God may be calling me to in my life, you are not alone. And so I imagine if you chose to be in this room right now, you're interested in the topic of dating and that each of you finds yourself in a very different place in dating. Some of you might be in a relationship. Some of you might be engaged. Anybody engaged? All the engaged women are like, me! Some of you might be really frustrated. You might be sitting here and you're like, okay, I know I came to this talk, but I don't really want to be here because I'm sick of watching every single one of my friends. Like, I desire marriage so much and I'm sick of watching all my friends find the perfect person for them and I haven't been on a date ever in my whole entire life and I'm just so tired. I don't know where you are when it comes to the topic of dating, but I do know this, that everything that you feel about it is valid. Your joys, your struggles, your frustrations, your confusion, and that Jesus is there with you in it. Because ultimately, dating is about relationship, and relationship is about Jesus. Like, the person of Jesus Christ is what this is all about Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit points to relationship and our goal in life, in all of our relationships, to be, should, should be to point the other person to Jesus Christ. Whether that's our friend, whether that's a boyfriend, whether that's a girlfriend, whether that's your mom, whether that's your dad, to point that person to Jesus. And this, talking about dating, I want to talk about Jesus and his heart for you, all of you how much your heart matters and how much the Lord desires that you would take care of it and make the difficult choices to take care of it in the midst of the mess of our dating culture. So I've been married for seven years. I just celebrated my seventh anniversary last Friday. I met a man, yeah, woohoo! Praise the Lord. Marriage has been such a gift to me to grow in holiness on my path to heaven, and I'm so grateful for that. I met my, hun- my husband very unexpectedly in a little country called the Netherlands. We dated all the way across the world uh, for two years and eight months. He came to America on a K-1 visa. If you have ever seen 90 Day Fiance, our story was like that, just a little bit less dramatic. And we got married. Um, and our story is proof that if God wants you to meet someone, he's going to make it happen. He will help you find that person, even if it's halfway across the world. But in dating, right, you say, like, you've been married for seven years. What do you know about dating? So in case you're unfamiliar with my ministry, I have a YouTube channel. And on Instagram, I talk all the time. You can join me all the time about topics like dating. And my inbox is flooded with women and young men who share with me every single day constantly about how crazy it is out there. So the dating, dating is, you can imagine it like a tree. The trunk of a tree is dating. There are a thousand, like millions of different branches to choose from. And as I prayed uh, with the Lord on this topic, he asked me to speak about a very few specific things. The first is this, go on one date and allow other people to go on one date. And what do I mean by that? I think so often, right, especially in Catholic circles, people take a man asking a woman out on one date way too seriously, okay? So often, a woman, like a man asks her on a date in boldness and in initiative. Men, you set yourself apart these days when you use the word date, right? Oh, you want to hang out? Oh, you want to, you know, like do this or that or whatever. When he says, I would love to take you on a date sometime. I mean, you, your hair blows back as a woman. 
You're like, oh my gosh, she used the word date. It makes a big difference because then she knows what it actually is that she's doing when she's spending time with you, right? And so often I meet women who are like, a man asks them on a date, which feels like a rarity to some women these days, and then they try to figure out if he's like the one God is calling them to marry before they even say yes to going on the date with him. I'm like, you don't have to figure out if you want to spend the rest of your life with a person in order to say yes to one date with them. You are saying yes to one date. You're not saying yes to three. You're not saying yes to four. You are not saying yes to being in a house with him when you're 80 years old, okay? You're saying yes to one date. And that's the beauty. And I think that so often we forget sometimes when we go too intense in the dating thing is that dating is a process. Dating is a journey. And so often we want to figure everything out because we live in a culture of instantaneous everything. Instant pot. If the Wi-Fi is a little bit too slow, it's like been 15 seconds, you're like, this Wi-Fi is lagging. And we want everything right now. So when we are sitting on that date with that person, you're like, I want to know right now if this is the person that God is calling me to marry when that's not the way it works. And we have to lean in to the process of the unfolding of a person. People, we are so complex, so complex. And when we say like, I just wanna figure it out right now, we are not allowing ourselves to settle into that process of watching the unfolding of a person, like peeling back layers of an onion. Now, what do I mean by allow other people to go on one date? Have you ever been in a scenario where some woman I don't think guys do this very much. She bursted in the community center. She's like, you will never believe who asked Kristen on a date. Joe, have you heard? Yeah, it happened three minutes ago. I got the news on my phone. And everybody's like, I can hear the bells. That was for all you musical theater people out there. And it's like, so, and I talk to young men who are like, I don't even, like, I, I, like, I'm interested in this girl, but I'm not going to ask her on a date because the hullabaloo that would come along after that is not worth it to me. To have them be like, all about me asking a girl on one date, hullabaloo, hullabaloo, hullabaloo. You try saying that three times fast. And you're like, it's just like so much like chitter chatter and gossip. I just want to take her on one date to like get her nowhere better, but I don't want people to be like, okay, like when, when are we going to be invited to the wedding? Don't be that person. Who's the one gossiping about what everybody else is doing, how Joe asked this or that or whatever on a date. Be mature and let yourself and other people lean into the process of dating to give it time, to not deter young men from asking a girl on one date by being the chattery, you know, Susan. Give people the space, give people the respect and honor other people's choices in dating to get to know other people without having that pressure, okay? Pressure brings me to my next point. If God does call you to marriage and you leave college without finding your spouse, there is hope for you. <laughs> I think so often when you're in college, how many of you are in college right now? Okay. I think you're in college, you think like, this is my last shot. <laughs> like, if I don't, like if God calls me to marriage, and I know a lot of you are discerning vocation with an open, beautiful heart, and you think like, this is it. Like, if I don't meet that person here, like there, there will never be another chance to meet another person. 
which like when you're in college, it can feel like such a bubble, right? I remember little children coming to college. I was like, I forgot that I never see little children anymore, right? Like you're in this bubble of like everybody who is your age only. I went to Arizona State University, which is like 65,000 people of the same age. It was an amazing little bubble that we lived in. It was crazy. But it's so important to remember that life does go on after college and that there are a lot of people who do meet their spouse in college, but there are so many who don't. I met my husband when I was 23 years old. Praise God I didn't meet him in college because he's incredible and I'm so glad that I met him right when I did. That the Lord was forming us and molding us and shaping us as individuals in order to get us to that moment where we would meet and he would call us to marriage. And I think often it's easy to be so overly concerned with finding a spouse when you're in college that sometimes that's made the focus. Like I have to get my MRS, if you're familiar with that, women going to find a spouse, hoping to leave with the letters MRS and a period in front of their name, okay? That we go and we're like, I gotta find him here or I gotta find her here. And you zone in on that so fully that you don't see all the beauty around you. Take time to invest in your life. Now is an incredible time in your life. And when you invest in community, you invest in friendship, when you invest in brotherhood, in sisterhood, God shapes you to become the person he calls you to be. And if throughout that time, this amazing person comes along, whoever that might be, you are allowing yourself to like rest and enjoy the beauty of your life. You have an open heart to what God is calling you specifically to. And that's so good and then things are right ordered, and you haven't strived and grasped for this relationship, but you know who's first in your life, the Lord, and that life isn't all about a relationship. Um, when we buy into a ring by spring mentality, how many of you have ring by spring mentality at your school? Okay, this is like you have to, you know, be, have, be proposed to before you leave. The view, Arizona State University, I did not know one person who was engaged before they graduated. And some schools, it's the norm, but there's this pressure. And the Lord in looking at you managing your own heart, like the Lord is not about pressure. True love never involves pressure. That the Lord doesn't want you to feel this pressure to find this thing or grasp for this thing or do this thing, but that the, he wants you to feel freedom when it comes to dating. The freedom to pursue a woman rightly or the freedom to receive a man's pursuit rightly in peace and in joy and in trust, trust of the Lord's plan for you. Another thing that I think is so important in this mess of our dating culture is clear communication. Communicating honestly and clearly is one of the greatest ways that you can honor your own heart and honor the heart of the person you might be dating, talking to, whatever that might be. The breakdown of communication, we know, right? I love the girl who said um, the inability to get past ha-ha or cool is nauseating, right? The ability to hold meaningful conversation. I struggled to communicate clearly when I was dating. I did a horrible, messy job of it. When I didn't want to like keep dating a guy, I just didn't know how to say like, I don't see a romantic future with you, which is all I had to say. Like, I'm, I've so enjoyed our time together, but I just don't see a romantic future with you. To communicate clearly, like it sets you apart in this dating culture because ghosting has become the norm. Am I right? That so often after four dates, the person's like, I just don't know what to say. So I'm just never going to respond to one of their messages ever again and just hope that it like fades away, which isn't honoring the dignity and the heart of the other person. 
Learning how to communicate clearly takes time. I'm still learning it seven years into marriage, right? And it takes practice. And you can learn how to communicate and you're like, wow, I did a really messy job of letting that girl down or letting that guy down or communicating my intentions, communicating my emotions, and I wanna work on this. Give yourself space to work on your ability to communicate as an adult, especially when it comes to a topic like this. Like there, there's so many women that I speak to and young men are like, I don't want to be intense. And that's what I love that the women said, like communicating clearly is seen like, oh gosh, that's way too much. Like it's seen, oh gosh, that's aggressive. When communicating clearly is what respects you and your heart and your time and your life. If you're desiring commitment, say so, right? If you need clarity about where the other person sees it going before you see them again, say so. If you've come to a point where you're like, I don't want this friends with benefits thing anymore. I'm sick of being used and I'm sick of using you. Say so. There is freedom in saying how you feel, what you think, and standing up for yourself if someone is leading you on. And this happens both from young men and young women. Young women who just like, I don't know what to say to him. So you just string him along instead of ending things properly. In a relationship when you know it's just not right and you just postpone and postpone and you're like, oh, the conversation could be too hard. Just say so and give yourself the freedom to respect your own heart, your own time and your own life and the heart and the time and the life of the other person. Clarity and communication is so important because if God does call you to the vocation of marriage, one of the bedrocks of marriage is clarity and communication. My husband and I have to communicate constantly. Long distance was a great gift to us because all we could do was talk through things, right? Marriages do not thrive on secrecy, on hiddenness, on anything of the sort. They thrive when two people can be open with one another, honest and saying, this is what I need. This is where I'm at. I'm so sorry about the way that I made you feel. I'm so sorry for what I did. I'm so sorry for what I said. Clear communication is how a marriage thrives and we can practice that in dating. And if we haven't practiced that in dating, right? And you go into marriage and you don't know how to communicate with one another, it can be very, very difficult to learn how to do that on the back end, right? When we learn how to communicate well, we set ourselves up very well for the marathon that is marriage. Which brings me to another thing that I wanna talk about today, which is dating leading to marriage and how important it is to remember that it's okay to make dating about you. And what do I mean by that? So often when we look in the mess of dating, right, nobody is going to like take care of your heart and do what your heart needs except you. You have to step up. You have to speak up for yourself and do all that needs to be done in order to take care of your own heart. And I think sometimes like people like, oh, that's like a little bit selfish, but you might also experience in your life that a lot of people have opinions about who you're dating and what you should be doing and all those different kinds of things. How many of you are kind of sick of the peanut gallery of everybody's like opinions about your dating life? Okay, raise your hand high, you don't have to be shy. Okay, that everybody has an opinion, right? Martha, the whole saving sex for marriage thing, it's gonna get you nowhere, okay? So you should just think about letting that go, okay? Or uh, Aunt Susan, right, she's like, you want a Catholic man? I don't think you're going to find a good Catholic man, so you should open up the pool. And you're like, but Aunt Susan, that's really what my heart desires. That's what my heart longs for. People say such bizarre things to single people. It drives me insane, 
right? He'll come the moment you least expect it. The moment you give up, he'll walk right in. And you're like, what does that even mean? (laughs) It's not even true, okay? And you're like, man, like managing your heart in the mess of dating is about knowing what the deepest desires of your heart are and letting those lead the way like in your life of dating, wherever you find yourself in dating now, if you don't know what the desires of your heart are, some people call them dating standards. There's a lot of different ways that people frame this, but ultimately it is the desires of your heart in a relationship, if you're looking at dating, to be respected, to be spoken to kindly, to have someone who will pray with you and for you, whatever the desires of your heart may be. I think so often in our culture, right? You're like, I wanna date and marry a man who loves Jesus. And people are like, that is too much to ask for. And you're like, I just saw you talking to Madison who loves traveling the world and backpacking, you know, she wants to backpack Mount Everest and she wants a man who wants to backpack Mount Everest with her. And you're like, good on you, Madison. But all of a sudden, when you wanna date a person who loves Jesus, they're like, that's way too much to ask for. When it's a deep desire of your heart, stand by it. Marriage, the commitment of marriage is so serious. And I think I I tell people so often, and I wrote a post about this on Instagram, about how so many people have so many opinions about what what you should be doing and how you should be out there, or if you should open up the pool or whatever. And I tell women and men, that person who has an opinion about who you should be dating will not be standing at an altar saying vows to that person. You will. That person will not be there when, if God gives you children, right? Thousands of difficult parenting decisions have to be made every single day. You will. Thousands of meals my husband and I have shared with one another. Right now, our life is chaos with four, a four-year-old and a two-year-old boy. They're just wild, okay? Temperamentally, they're very chill and relaxed, but physically, they're so active. And my husband and I are looking at each other seven years in, like, our life is crazy, and here we are together, and we love it. When I had my C-sections, right, the fir- when our first son was born, and my husband and I were standing there, the doctor came in and he said, it's not gonna happen, we're gonna get you ready for surgery. And my husband was standing there with me. It was just the two of us. We had about 125 people there on our wedding day, right? And it's so good and everybody's celebrating you and loving you. But for the rest of time, yes, people are involved in your marriage, involved in community, come into your household. But man, it is the two of you fighting for one another and fighting for one another on the path to heaven, on the path to holiness, right? I wanna say this as loudly and clearly as possible. If what you're seeking in dating is realistic, right? Not like he's gotta be over six feet. He's gotta play the guitar and sing really well right? A man with a virtuous heart or a woman with a virtuous heart who knows how to love, to sacrifice, all of those different kinds of things, you don't have to apologize for it. And you can stand by it, come what may, right? You don't have to explain to anyone why the desires of your heart are the way they are and why you're sticking to them. In looking at marriage, right? So many people are like, the dating dating pool is a mess. Like, I give up. Like who, like, who cares? Like my, everybody's told me my standards are, are ridiculous, so maybe they are, and I'll just give up and date whoever. It's not worth it. And in our dating culture, you are worth more than noncommittal hookups, and you're worth more than being strung along, and you're worth more than being used. And the desires of your heart, like hold them close to you and stand by them. 
A couple of years ago, on one installation of Humans of New York, there was a young man whose caption Brandon shared. It was this. He said, I broke up with my girlfriend this morning. We'd been together for three years, but I'm Catholic, and she doesn't know if she believes in God or not. I wanted to propose to her one day. I think she'd be a great mom and a great wife, but I feel like this might be something we can't overcome. I want to get married in a Catholic church. I want to raise my children to be Catholic. It's important to me, and it's something we'd have to deal with eventually, so I didn't think it would be a good idea to keep putting it off. But it really hurts to lose her. Both of us were bawling our eyes out. She was such a big part of my life. Every time something good happens, she's the first person I want to tell. And I do respect that she refuses to believe in something just because I do, but I don't know what to do. I'm hoping God will give me an answer. And I wrote a response to this post, mostly because a staggering amount of people commented about what a brainwashed, pathetic idiot this young man was. Like, you're so stupid. I mean, the comments were like, in, were they surprising? No, right? In our world today, but they were so sad, right? You like this, this false belief in the sky, like you're gonna give up something that you love over this like sky daddy you have or whatever it is. You don't actually respect her because if you did, you would have stayed with her and respected her beliefs, whatever it is. So I wrote this man a response right? And um, I want to read you my response because I think in our dating climate, this is more important than ever. I meet so many people who like feel apologetic about their desire to meet a, like a Catholic person who is virtuous and bold and holy. I said this to him. I said, to the young man in the red sweatshirts on Humans of New York, I saw your photo in your story because someone pointed me to it. You shared openly and vulnerably about how you just ended your relationship because your girlfriend doesn't share your Catholic beliefs and you hope for a marriage rooted in Catholicism someday. The general public of social media decided it was high time to mock and ridicule you viciously for your decision and your reasoning behind it. I firstly want you to know that you did the right thing because you did what you in your heart felt and knew was right. You are the commander in chief of your life. You have to make the calls. You have to decide what you will and will not do. And you are the one who faces all the consequences of those decisions. Nobody else, no person on Instagram or Facebook lives your life. No one else knows your heart and what God is speaking to you in it. What these people commenting don't understand is that faith is so much more than stuff we think and believe. It is not a nice little set of flimsy and fluid ideas that can change with the wind. Faith and following God when taken seriously is the core of who you are. Catholicism involves a rich and beautiful tradition and adhering to many difficult teachings in contraception, family life, and more. And some people do not wish, some people do not feel they wish to enter a marriage where they will have to explain those things, defend those things, or fight for those things. And there is nothing wrong with not wanting to have to do any of those things. When young women come to me and have questions about dating men of other faiths or no faith at all, I always ask them in total honesty and sincerity, do you desire to date and marry a man who loves his faith deeply, who prays with you and for you, and who believes wholeheartedly that a relationship centered on God is the kind of marriage that will last? These are important questions. And young man, from your story, it appears you have considered them throughout your time of dating one another and decided that for you, the answer is yes and that this is what you desire, this is not negotiable for you. There is nothing wrong with the answer to those questions being yes. You have already experienced this, but what I have found again and again is that devotion to your faith is going to compel you to make very, very difficult decisions in dating. 
very difficult decisions in dating in our world today, they will not be easy. Some will indeed cause you to sob as you said you did. Some will be easier than others, but, and some will cause you temporary confusion or even deep pain. Some will make you a punching bag for persecution and a prime target for merciless mocking. What I can tell you from my years of living out my Catholic faith is this, come what may, it's all worth it. Christ never said that following him would be easy. He clearly said we will each have to take up our cross. Crosses are heavy and difficult to carry, but it is there where we find Christ. I could have married any man who did not share my beliefs if I had fallen in love with him. My own amazing mother converted to our beautiful faith when she was six months pregnant with me. But I decided for my own self and my own heart that it was a non-negotiable much later in my dating life than you did. The other night when my husband took me in the car to the beach and pulled out his rosary for us to pray together, I was overwhelmingly grateful. I was grateful that he shares the most important part of my heart and the most important part of my life, my faith, that we can talk about it and pray together and keep Christ as the center of everything we are together. I'm hoping God will give me an answer, you said. He will. He takes his time sometimes, but he will. Trust that God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him. And maybe you needed to hear that today. Ultimately, dating is about listening to the voice of the Father, falling in love with the God who loves you so much that you can hear his voice clearly as he guides you to the vocation to which he is calling you and especially through dating, right? Ultimately, maybe your path in dating will lead to marriage. Maybe it won't. But listening to the voice of Christ in all of it is worth it. And maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I have no idea what the voice of God even sounds like. Ask him to teach you what it sounds like. Say, Lord, teach me the sound of your voice and be courageous. Young men, be courageous and be bold in sharpening your masculinity, right? In rejecting a culture that says masculinity is toxic. We need you in all vocations, all every vocation in the church, right? Young men, we want you to step up and be bold and take initiative and thrive. And young women, the same for you, to be courageous in this culture of dating that offers you so many lies that like just lead you to emptiness and sorrow and sometimes even despair. To have the courage to listen to the voice of God and stand by what you believe and never settle for anything else. My sheep hear my voice, they know it and they follow me. And that's what the Lord wants you to do, even in the mess of our dating culture, allow him to speak clearly to you and be bold and be courageous. Let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, we thank you for the gift of your love, the gift of your heart, and the ways that you call us to take care of our hearts in the midst of a culture that is so dead set on use and manipulation and games and dishonesty. Lord, teach us the sound of your voice. Lead us in love. Lead us in peace and goodness and mercy. Help us to take care of our hearts, to protect them, to guard them. Allow your peace to guard our hearts in you and help us to honor the, the dignity of the image and likeness of God in each person before us. Give us hope. 
Give us peace, give us courage, give us wisdom. Help us to grow in our ability to communicate. And most of all, Lord, help us to trust you. Help us to trust that you're the good shepherd. And as we abide in you, you will not lead us astray. Strengthen every heart in this room, Lord. And guide us with your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.